Jacko, mate. Um, second again, little review from the weekend, day one of the championships. Obviously joined by Jackson. Um, mate, full-on weekend of racing, few upsets. Few Usually when there's these big open fields, things happen, but we were a bit stiff on the day. We had a few winners, but it was a pretty tough day for punting in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I think you touched on it. There's been a few upsets, capacity fields, you know, a lot of different form lines coming in. Not to make excuses, we obviously did have a few winners throughout the day and, um, you know, there's, there's plenty to be happy about and plenty to take forward, but it's uh, only the first week out of three, so let's gear up. For sure. So we had the four group ones, um, all pretty impressive wins. I thought all horses that won were probably, in the end, the, the horses that should have won the races. I thought that there was no hard luck stories. Um, We'll kick off with with race four. So let's let's start with race four. So that was the chairman's quality. So it's twenty six hundred meter race. We like chalk. I like chalk stream leading into the race. He was scratched on Friday, which is disappointing. But nerve not perth comes out and wins at twenty six bucks. And you might have might have tipped her a couple of weeks ago, mate. Yeah, bit of a sick feeling, mate, when she was up there sitting outside the lead, and you just knew she was a big chance, especially the the sectionals that were going as well. So. Look, this race was obviously on pace dominated and, and uh, you saw that with Knight's order finishing um, just behind Nerve Not Verve and a massive gap to third. So Luntzies was a horse that finished off well but just didn't get close enough, didn't get the opportunity. The, the front two just pretty much controlled it and went from there. But yeah, I mean, Nerve Not Verve tipped her a couple of weeks ago. She ran a nice little placing, but you know, the second you jump off, they, they tend to find a winner. For sure. The... Barrier draw has also come out for the Sydney Cup. So a <clears throat> little bit interesting to note just out of that race. So Chalkstream scratched um, from that race, has drawn gate nine, has 50 kilos in the Sydney Cup. It's still around that eight, nine dollar mark. I think it's a fantastic play. So if, if you are listening and you're looking to play something maybe at the moment, I know Jewess is definitely going to the Queen Elizabeth. So she's still in the market too. So there's some Maybe a little bit of value around before the weekend as well. Um, beautiful, mate. The next race was the country champ, the provincial championships. No, it was the country championship. Sorry, my bad. And you reckon you've got a, a bit of a run on a watch coming out of that race? Yeah, Commando Hunt was enormous. Uh, just got held up at the top of the straight at the 400, had to push off heels and just had a booming last three to 400. Um, the, the front two horses just controlled it and um, they were pretty much well in front of everything else. So... Commando Hunt broke away from the pack. And if you see its last 200 metres, it was enormous. Only went down a you know a short head. So uh, really happy to stick with that horse going forward. And hopefully we can get some sort of price in these sort of finals for the country and provincial horses. For sure. Um, I, I like Cavalier, Char Cavalier Charles leading into the race and they completely flipped the pattern with it. Not sure why. It didn't work. They failed. The horse has been up for a few races now. Jackson, I don't know why they do these things, these horses. If a horse has an asset, can't we just leave it that way? Well, it's the old saying, mate. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. So, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. If a horse's best asset is getting back and running on, you just don't change it. So I guess it's the, it's the risk you take when you get a new jockey on board. Obviously, Jamie Carr hadn't ridden the horse before and probably her first look at him. So it's understandable, but at the same time, it, that's where the communication comes in and you fucking hope and pray as a punter that the jockey takes it on board, but not in this case, mate. For sure. And congrats to Nick Haywood winning country championships final. I know that'd be a pretty big thrill for him too. First of the group ones. Well, she is about as good as you probably thought. The slipper curse is now over. I think 
the statistic was that only one horse in the last 19 years or something has come out and won another race other than the slipper. And that was She Will Rain, who is just a star. Fireburn defies the odds two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we both couldn't be fire on the fence, mate. We both sort of went fire out, but she is a freak. Um, I, I didn't know that she could elevate up to 1,400. I thought she'd be, you know, just 1,200, keep her at that sprint trip and watch her explode. But, wow, this is a, this is a freakish horse. And like I said um, after the Golden Slipper win, we were both calling out for the best two-year-old to stand up and be counted. And this is obviously the horse here. There's, there's, there is one in WA that we might have a chat about a bit later and we'll, we'll get to that. But this horse is just freakish. I, there's nothing in Sydney or anything around that, that will concern it at the moment. And you, you just saw with the ride with Abdullah, he was on the inferior part of the track on the inside and didn't care, never even panicked. In fact, he was telling, um, who was on She's Extreme? Was it uh, TC? Uh, Tommy, Tommy Berry. Berry. He was telling Tommy Berry to catch up to him as he's at the 300 going past him. Like, they're just level. And he's saying, come on, mate, where, where are you? Incredible. Like, just that level of arrogance, you just know you've got a freakish horse underneath you. For sure. Bit of context for that as well. If people were watching and thought, geez, he's being an arrogant prick about that. Um, him and Anthony Cummings had a little bit of banter back and forth during the week. Anthony Cummings came out and said that She's Extreme could ke- definitely keep up with Fireburn. Um, plain and simple, she couldn't at all. So Fireburn definitely gave him some burn marks on the way out. Yeah, oh. love some shithousery from uh, Abdullah. <laughs> I want to have a chat about Let's Roll the Dice. Um, I think as this horse progresses and gets older and older, in, in sort of into a three-year-old, campaigns i think this is going to be a smart horse over the mile 2000 was smashing the line late obviously further back than you'd like from fireburn but i thought it was a a really good run yeah the run was very good and i think the key as well is to try and get back on a dry track for this horse as well not saying it didn't enjoy it it still showed that turn of foot that we know it has but i think the key is try and get back to a dry track get a little bit up and trip um especially as a three-year-old as well if it matures a little bit you can definitely see competitive in some big races Fireburn, so she's won the slipper English size. So that's two of the Triple Crown. She just wins the, the the last one, the champagne, doesn't she? I think you just give it to her. If she just holds it, she doesn't have to improve or elevate off her last two performances. She's just got to hold her condition and she will win. Um, I think you might even you know find a scenario where there's five or six, seven runners in it just because they're so scared to take it on. It's towards the end of that first prep for the two-year-olds or second prep. So a few of them might be dwindling out and... I'd be, uh, I'd be dodging the, the mare at the moment or the filly. For sure. So race seven, the derby, um, the top three, the, the, the horses that finished one, two, three have absolutely gapped this field, like pulled their pants down, gapped. So the top two won, Benno ran second at four bucks a place and Allegra was 3.20. They let us on again, $3.30, $3.40 jump. He's an absolute freak. This was one of the most freakish staying performances I've seen. Like regardless of Melbourne Cups, Caulfield Cups, whichever race you want to pull up, this was absolutely freakish. And you talk about arrogance before with Abdullah. We see it here and we talked about the preparation this horse has had. It's gone 1,600 straight up to 2,400. From a dry track onto a heavy nine or heavy 10, it could have been heavy 30. They wouldn't tell us, but it could have been a heavy 30 on the weekend. We never know. Make no mistake about it, the horse doesn't enjoy going in that, in that heavy track. He's much better on top of the ground. There's just so much about this performance, so I just sit back and go, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Benno, Benno came up outside it. Uh, the horse on the inside, Allegron, was being sort of uh, swaying out as well and got chopped Benno, in between. Benno him. went past him. Headed him. Not, actually, not just headed him, put half a length on him. So Benno had a quick little sprint, 
And the horse just kept finding and finding. And, and John Allen does get a hold of him. He, he doesn't fucking miss them. <laughs> but he, he, was, he was getting into him. But what, what I was so impressed with, the horse copped a check at the 200, almost went sideways, and then came again and still stuck the fucking nose out. Like, like I, I'm calling it now. If there's no horse that comes over from overseas, like Europe or, or Britain or anything like that, this horse is going to win the Melbourne Cup. Oh, bang. You know what I thought was really interesting post-race? Kieran Maher was asked, what do you think his best distance is? And he says 2,040. So that, and we know that that's the Cox Plate distance. So he doesn't look like a horse that would suit the Valley, but fuck, he just does whatever he wants, this horse, apparently. So goes from 1,600, 440 out to eight bucks and in Australian guineas and wins arrogantly. Bring him up here, mud track, 2,400, no worries, we'll win. Um, and we got to say as well, a little bit of props to ourselves. We did tip him and we're, we're very, very keen on him as well. So fantastic stuff. In punting, I reckon there's times where you've got to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, I'll put my hand up. I've missed an opportunity there. I fucked that one up. I reckon race eight, the TJ, I reckon I'm going to put my hand up and say, I've missed an opportunity with Nature Strip. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a sort of a double-edged sword. Like, it's a yes and no. Like, the horse... He started 250 or 260 or somewhere thereabouts. We were just waiting and waiting. Are they going to lay him? Are they going to lay him? Like, I, if, the, the thing is, if you ask me again, would you have the bet? I'd still say yes. I would take him on. So I was on Eduardo at the end of the day. It, it was going to be sort of a no bet race. And I thought, you know what? Eduardo's just held that sort of nicer price. I'm happy to take him. And of course, Nature Strip just pulls his pants down. The, the grand final trainer, the grand final jockey, that combination is just almost unbeatable. But when this horse is on, he's just the best. He's the best sprinter, not only in Australia, but in the world. The thing is, would you take 260 again? Some people are going to say yes. Some people say no. We did leave a poll out there for our punters and our, and our loyal listeners during the week. And it was overwhelmingly on the no side. So, you know, it just goes to show how polarizing this horse is. But, it, you know, on his day, there's nothing that comes close. No, I'm definitely going to stick my hand up and say I've messed this one up. It's... We speak about it a little bit with Mar and Eustace just in doubting them. And the preparations for Nature Strip have been literally mirror identical for his last five preps. Comes out, runs okay first up, wins, runs second, really doesn't matter. Second up, bit flat, obviously gets flogged at training, usually runs shit house. They blame it on the conditions or they blame it on, you know, the race pattern or got attacked. And then third up, he has his grand final and he comes out and he shits in by three or four lengths. It's just this repeat story. So I'm I'm not going to fuck this up again, I don't think. Oh, I probably will, but I, I really don't want to muck this up again. I feel like I've missed an opportunity. The two opportunities I really feel like I've missed, and it happens. I think Zaki in the All-Star Mile was another one that I'm sort of half kicking myself about as well. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But at the end of the day, you know, the prices, they matter. We, we haven't missed four or five bucks. Uh, you know, that was the price that Nature Strip was at in the Everest. He was around that mark. So if you'd missed him that day, you'd go, okay, I've missed a, a pretty decent price there. But 250, 260, yes, the horse obviously won impressively and we knew he could do it, but were we prepared to take 250? I'm probably still in the camp of saying, if you ran again, if you gave me 250 again, I'd probably say no because the horse is like Houdini. You know, sometimes he's there and he's fucking demolishes them. And other times he's horrendous. Like he was behind Shelby and Eduardo um, yep. three, four weeks back. So 
it's just it's it's sort of a, a dagger with this horse. It's a double edged sword. For sure. He's a gun. He's a definite gun. He's done three in a row now. So hats off. <laughs> um, Doncaster Mile. We nearly nailed this race to a T. We said Forbidden Love wouldn't get 1,600. She didn't. Not in a high-pressure 1,600. The weight wasn't a factor. She wouldn't get 1,600. Tick. We knew the favourite was vulnerable. That's a massive tick. We liked I'm Thunderstruck. We thought he was a big chance. We thought this was the right horse. Then we go down, we go, Converge. No, he can't win. It's done nothing. Few of the roughies we didn't mind ran cheeky enough races. Weren't into the top three or four, but ran nice races. And we just get pipped by Craig Williams and Mr. Brightside with 50 kegs. Yeah, I mean, just on Craig Williams, as a bloke, in my opinion, there's a bit to be desired, right? That's what I'm going to say. I will say I've got a lot of respect for him as far as the jockey goes. Like that, That's going to be all I'll say there. He's... He loves a good yarn and he lets you know after he's had a, had a good win and he's had plenty of them, so good for him. Um, <laughs> but this this type of race, for me, is why the wins feel so much better. When you get a close second like this, you get a horse that I'm thunderstruck, six, seven bucks in a big field like this, and you go head first. You go, this is the horse. I'm not really you know, having a big play on anything else. couple little saves around that, but this is my main play. It's a 16, 17 horse field and you've found the one and it gets pipped out on the nose by a horse carrying 50 that's come up and hasn't done a whole lot. He's been okay in Melbourne. He's obviously had some really good form lines behind Zaki and uh, Inspirational Girl as well and had nice enough runs, been up for a little while. But at the end of the day, just beaten by a super ride by Craig Williams. He's just a, he's a professional. Um, he's, there's not many jockeys at his age that get down to that sort of weight and can ride at this, this sort of rate. Like, you know, maybe Karen McAvoy is one that comes to mind as well. But just a freakish run. I knew I'm Thunderstruck had the rest of the, the field covered. And then I saw the little, the, the, the head poking out for fucking Brightside and, you know, away he went. Just had too much zip with the lightweight and, and went straight past him. But we lived to fight another day, mate, because I'm Thunderstruck was 210 or something around there to play. So, you know, just reload and go again. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we we're very close there. <clears throat> what I will say, and obviously it's such a, it's such a hindsight game, you don't want to get caught up in the hindsight because you don't actually get an opportunity to use the hindsight for anything really. So, but in, in that Zaki race where I'm thunderstruck was in behind in, in the mile, Mr. Brightside's only finished a length off I'm thunderstruck in that race. And that was at level weights. I'm thunderstruck gets 55 and a half in the Doncaster and Mr. Brightside gets 50. It's probably not as crazy maths as it seems, is it? No, it's not. It's not. For me, obviously, the weight played a big part in how this horse is able to accelerate, but the ride was just superb at the end of the day, and it just got the split at the perfect time, saved up the energy, and was actually tracking I'm Thunderstruck, which is exactly where you want it to be, in our opinion. So, well done to them, but you know, we'll, we'll come back and, and uh, we'll get some vengeance very soon. For sure. Just quick mention to Godolphin. They've, in the last, they've had the top four. They've run the top four, and these aren't $2 shots, $3 shots, $4 shots. This is $6 winner, $8 second, six bucks to place the next thing. And then Larkspur run was 100 to one. So that's just a massive training performance. I don't want to throw salt into your wounds. Speaking of, speaking, of, uh, speaking of second agains, mate, with the, the, $8, the $8 horse that finished second was, uh, of course, our tip that's gone down less than half a length from the stable, mate. So that's all I'll say there, mate. We went back to back seconds at seven or eight bucks. So. That's how you can finish a weekend. But um, yeah, it just leaves a, a bit of fuel for the fire next week. For sure. Um, 
quick mention race one we did tip Semignon and in race two we did tip straight Aaron and they both saluted, saluted as well so we, we started the card really nicely built into the day with Hitotsu and then had a few stiff seconds to finish but Look again, nice place prices as well, which is which is always positive. Yeah, for sure, and also straight Aaron as well as a horse that um, I'm glad you touched on. That's a that's a really nice lightly raced three year old going forward. So um, keep an eye on where that horse can get to. Didn't it smash the line? Like its last hundred and fifty was just superb. Yeah, yeah. There's very few horses that can have that turn of foot on that heavy going. Very few. So keep an eye on that. Any sort of lightly raced with uh, Chris Waller, you know, it's fucking lookout. Um, we had a few bets at Bendigo. I thought Cardigan Queen, so race seven will go to. Gundex knocked off Cardigan Queen, who hasn't actually ran in the top four. I thought she was pretty disappointing, mate. Yeah, she was, she was definitely disappointing. I think that's fair. Um, I will say that it was an on-pace dominated race as well. So Gundek just held the fence and was on the inside and pretty much all the top four uh, in running with the top four home. And she was still okay through the line. She just took a really long time to get going. I think it was more of a sit and sprint job with her. And I think her best, best asset is to have a nice rolling tempo and just get nice momentum into the corner rather than just sitting and then pressing a button. I don't think that's her go, but all, all, um, all honest to the winner. You can't really uh, make any excuses more than that for Cardigan Queen. It was only the tempo that brought her unstuck. So hopefully they can maybe even step her out again to a bit more of a trip and, hopefully get a bit more of a rolling tempo and see if she can improve. For sure. On to the eighth. So that was the golden mile. <clears throat> I love this because we, we picked a few horses out um, over the past few weeks that we've wanted to keep a, a really close eye on and where they get entered to. Um, Patrick Payne has just picked a really, really nice race for Cherry Tortoni. I think he's sort of realised now that this horse isn't a group one, group two star. He's more that group three listed level horse and, that's where he's going to pick up his wins. And Cherry Tortoni, you pick up 420 there, mate. Yeah, really nice price. Um, I think if it didn't draw the Great Ocean Road, you would have been a lot shorter in the market. So I think it had to be $3 around the mark if it had even a middle draw, somewhere around 10 But the fact that it drew, I think it was 18 of 18 or 20 of 20, something ridiculous, was the only reason we got that price. And I was happy to take it. It actually ended up being, in my opinion, the ride of the day from McD. It was exceptional. The horse normally settles last and from the widest gate, you'd expect it to go back straight away. But he, he let he let the horse roll forward. He looked like he was going to get caught wide, but then he said, you know what? I'm not going to sit last. I'm going to snag him back just a touch and have him three, four lengths a little bit closer. Managed to get that three wide trail and it was all over from there. So awesome ride from Mick D and the horse deserved to get this win. He's, he's run behind uh, Gentleman Roy at Flemington last start was obviously a horse that we pinned as one to follow. So really good to see some, uh, some fruit coming back to us. So really good result here, mate. Absolutely. Just want to touch on I'm Superman in that race. Slightly disappointing for a horse 13s into 480. Don't know why they didn't race him a little closer. You did say in the preview that you think he could potentially be fifth and sixth, two or three pairs back. And that's sort of where he was. He probably sat sixth, seventh in the run. He didn't get a lot of room in the run. I don't know where to put this horse now though. Yeah, I, I questioned the ride a little bit. I thought there had to be maybe one pair closer and he wouldn't have been in as much traffic. The horse just really couldn't get any clear running to the last 100. So I think, or I'm taking the position that it's a forgive run. Let it bounce back. Hopefully gets another try track. He's only really finished a length and a half off the winner in the end and didn't really get the opportunity to, to provide a four, 500 meter finish. Um, so excuses there and happy to, to butter up again if we get a price. For sure. And final race of the day. We couldn't have talked this horse up anymore. The punters couldn't have backed the horse anymore. It was into 240. 
just before prior to jump time. And corner pocket just obviously has come to the end of end of its preparation, and we've just gone off one too late. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one, and I'm not sure if you saw the comments from uh, Lindsay Smith during the week, but he actually blamed himself. So this is a story that came out on Racing.com. He said he actually gave him a seven day break after his last start. So obviously there was around a month in between runs. I don't know how you give a horse a seven day break while it's in a preparation. Like, did he did he take it out to the packet paddock? Did he give it a feed? What happened there? Because it sounds like he's given him no work for that week and the horse just wasn't fit enough. And that's, that's crazy to say cool. for a horse. I think he was fourth up. That's crazy to say for a horse that's fourth up that he wasn't fit enough. He's either third or fourth up. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ned. But like yeah. the, the horse, like for it not to be fit enough, there's a lot of question marks there, but at least he's come out and said it, that he, the, he left the horse flat. So I reckon they'll give him one more off that. And, and you know, I'm a sucker for pain because I'll be with him again. Three bucks in the two forty, and usually like money for 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 stables like Lindsay Smith, it's usually stable money. Like it's usually supported by the trainer. So it's such interesting comments. I hadn't heard that. So really interesting. It looked like a perfect sort of race for him as well. So disappointing. Something, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, so sorry. Just just before we go on, the horse was also slow to recover. Just just one from the stewards report as well. So another half excuse there that sort of explains it. Well, I'd be slow to recover too if I'd been given seven days off to drink beers and have Hungry Jacks every night too. So <laughs> I'm still slow to recover after the yeah, weekend and yeah. I played on Saturday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we roll over to some fantastic news and this best question. I'm going to continue to build this thing up because it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Not it's only the-, the best Western, it's the best thing going around, <laughs> Jacko. Amelia's Jewel, and you said Amelia's Jewel into comes a time. It's a running double. It's a multi. 4.30, throw it in your bet slip, blase as anything, and they both shit in. Yeah, I mean, it's fast becoming a thing of legend, the best Western, and uh, it's something about the allure of, of Perth and wherever the fuck they roll it out in there and those gravel tracks they've got. So it's just something about it that you just know. You, you, you feel like you're safe and you feel like you're at home, but... Speaking of the of the last two races at Randwick, we obviously had two really tough results. We had two seconds at some really nice prices. But, you know, once you sit back and go, okay, Randwick's over, what's up next? And then the big smile, the big grin comes on your face because, you know, the best Western's on its way. So Amelia's jewel, she is an absolute freak of a two-year-old. Like, we mentioned it before about Fireburn. This is the only horse that I can see that can potentially come over and be a real challenge if they do want to go the champagne route. So... We'll see what happens there. It's it's literally all eyes on this horse. Word is they're going out for a spell. So maybe they're just going to tackle some three-year-old races, but... No, bring her over. I know, I know. Look, if, if I'm an owner, I'm on the phone going, I don't care if I've got fucking 1% in the horse. I'm on the phone going, listen, guys, let's get her over. Let's have a fucking crack. Like, the prize money's nowhere near where it is over there. If you've got a horse of this caliber, just take her over and see what happens. Um, but yeah, like that's, that, that's a freakish performance. Like there's not much else to say about that. Horses don't make up that amount of ground at Ascot, especially over sprint trips in the manner that she did. It was freakish. So one of the best performances I've seen from a two-year-old this, this uh, season. Just for a bit of context for people that did, might not have watched the race because you were too deep in, in, in beers, but she was seriously back third, fourth, last, maybe fifth last. She's fanned on the turn 48 deep. She's ended up literally lining up for a beer in the, in the grandstand over there at Ascot. And she's just been cuddled by, by Carberry, literally cuddled. 
to the hundred, hit the front, and he still hadn't touched her. And he thought, I'll give her one cut with the whip, and she just extended three or four lengths. And it was honest, it was very, very impressive. I know those horses aren't aren't much to write home about, but just bring her over, Millsy. Come on, Millsy, bring her over. <laughs> um, and Chrissy Parnham, Peach Ride, comes a time. Has not really. I feel like it's a repetitive thing with him. He's just gives these horses such good opportunities to win. Yeah, it's clockwork. He, he just seems to know where every single horse needs to be, regardless of what stage of the day it's at, what what number, you know, you know, what chance the horse is. He just puts them exactly where they need to be and gives them their chance. If the horse is good enough, it wins pretty much with Chris Parnham. He's just, he's one of the most underrated jockeys going around and, um, you know, you know, got, got a bit of a love affair with him. He's just a freak jockey and I've made some cash um, off, off old Chris Parnham over, over the years. So, you know, Comes a time was too good, sat just outside the speed and just booted away like lovely easy watch. So four dollars thirty for the uh for the running double, the best western. Far too good, mate. Far too good. Um just want to touch on a few races. Obviously, we'll have our, our preview. Um it'll we'll try and get that out Thursday night. Um it's gonna be another massive one. It's day two of the champs, but they have decided to bring Yonce up for the Queen of the Turf. I get, I think wet ground is probably going to suit this horse as well. And you get seven bucks early. So maybe just something to write down there. Steinem's in that race as well. So a couple of horses we've been talking about. Roll over to the Australian Oaks. Pretty ordinary race, to be perfectly honest. You got Hinge at the top there. So she's four bucks. And oh, this is a weak race, really weak race. But look, something odd could win it. I don't know if you have any opinions on early markets or anything, but yeah, nothing, nothing early markets. I, I'd sort of made a half push for Gypsy Goddess just out of that first run it had down here. It's that Queensland horse, and they've booked Pike as well, so that's interesting. But yeah, like we have to wait to see what the track does. But as far as looking at the fields themselves, when you compare it to like a Queen of the, of the Turf and uh, Queen Elizabeth field, it just doesn't even come close. So it might be a non-betting race, but we'll see what prices we get for what different horses and have a good look through in the preview. For sure. Arrowfield, we got our mate Mars, who's in as well. Pretty nice little race. And then you got the big two. So you got the Sydney Cup, where we've sort of talked up this chalk stream a little bit. Stockman's favourite there. Crystal Pegasus, another one of ours. And then this last race. So this is the main reason I wanted to go through. We're not going to... No tips. No tips. Just, just discuss. I know it's going to be hard not to push one here, but really hard not to push one. First question. This versus a Cox Plate field, is it is it dead even? I think if you compare last year's Cox Plate to this year's uh, Queen Elizabeth, I'm going with this year's Queen Elizabeth just because you got Zaki. You got think it over that people haven't even mentioned at, at top weight. Very elegant dollars, mind you. Yeah, it's like that. That's that's all you need to say is that think it over is a, a fucking seventy-time Group One winner and Group One placed. And it's starting at that price in, in, in this field. And it's a small field as well, but every single horse has will have its chance to win. Maybe you, maybe you take out Mount Popper. That's the, that's the only horse I can say that definitely won't have a chance to win. Like, it's it's a freakish field. I'm so glad they took Jewess here as well. Even though I thought she was a better um, a better chance in the Sydney Cup, I'm glad they brought Jewess here because a few people might back her and I'm going to get a better price about one of the other horses I like. So... It's just, there's, there's so many layers going on and I just love to see it. But Ned, um, I know you said not to give a push, but Don't. Uh, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is Animo had a temperature during the week, right? Apparently it's recovered. So fingers crossed there's nothing wrong there. It's currently $4.50. 
And he's drawn gate five, just to add some more facts to that horse's name that I'm definitely not with and you're definitely not with. And we, we'll, we'll find out who we're with. Dallas Dallas drawn one, Montefilia two, Zaki three. So nice gate for him to potentially control, I would have thought, probably control him with Mount Popper maybe. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if there'll be much speed in here, to be honest. It's small field again, so they might just sort of walk and do a sit sprint type uh, type setup. But I don't think any horse will be disadvantaged by that, especially Jewess. You know, she's a horse that really enjoys those slow tempos and can sprint off them. So, um, yeah, really super, super fucking pumped for this race. Think it over four, Animo five. I'm Thunderstruck's going around, hopefully again six. Very elegant seven, fine gate for her. Mount Popper eight, Jewess nine. I just can't wait. I cannot wait. Day two coming up, championships, um, massive review show. Fantastic, mate. It was another good week on the pump. We, we must say we've hit four or five winning bets. We've had a couple of really close seconds. All in all, a reasonable day. A couple of horses to follow as well, mate. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, for sure. Round two, mate. Let's, uh, let's gear up and let's get started. On you, Jacko. Rest up, brother. Cheers.